This is Decarbonize the World with Frank Deline. Solving the climate crisis while increasing profits in your business. Here's Frank. My guest this week is Ramsey Siegel, a partner of Earthshot Ventures, an early stage venture fund investing in entrepreneurs solving the toughest climate challenges. Ramsey previously led a portfolio of more than 100 climate tech companies at Elemental Accelerator, which Earthshot Ventures spun out of in 2021. Ramsey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. You began your climate-focused career selling commercial-scale solar photovoltaics in Northern California. How did you get involved in solar? Was clean energy always your focus? In high school, I was really into math and art, and so I thought about the different ways that I could combine those interests and ended up going to architecture school at USC. And at the time, this is back in 2002, the LEED certification process was emerging for green building design. And I was more interested in green building design and how to make the buildings themselves high performance, how to decarbonize the grid around the buildings than I was the design of buildings themselves. And so I made the very controversial decision to leave architecture school and pursue a degree in urban planning with a focus on sustainability. And I really followed my heart. I wanted to be in what we now call climate tech. We didn't have that language at the time. And after graduating, I am from Northern California and I applied to probably a hundred jobs and turned Mm -hmm. over every single rock. And the climate tech industry was almost non-existent at the time. There were a few jobs uh, here and there, but in the elemental portfolio alone, there's over 800 job openings in climate tech companies. So there's been exponential growth and, and the world around my passion has really developed since that time. So I found a a role at Chevron, which is an unlikely place to find a climate tech job in their uh, clean energy arm, which was called Chevron Energy Solutions. It's now part of Optera and Angie. That arm was acquired years ago. And so back in 2007 was structuring early power purchase agreements for public sector clients in Northern California, such as uh, cities and counties and community college districts, K through 12 districts and was really inspired by this idea that you could use project finance to enable people to decarbonize their buildings with no cost upfront. Um, So we worked with Bank of America and other large players to get comfortable with that concept and understand solar as an asset class, and then sold some, at the time, very large projects in Northern California. Cool. That's a very good story. Uh, We have a lot in common, actually. My daughter and son-in-law are both architects, and and we built the largest lead platinum home in the country at that time. And that was about 2012. Oh, fun. So, yeah. So we've done a, a lot of similar things. So talk to me about your shift to the venture capital space with Elemental yeah. Accelerator. So I went to graduate school and studied smart grid design, sort of the interaction between humans and the grid. And when I finished that program, I uh, got a job at eMeter, which was then acquired by Siemens, and it was a startup of about 100, 150 people, and after the acquisition, moved into an organization of 400,000 people. And at the time, this is about a year after Fukushima, the Asia-Pacific market was 
warming up for smart metering and smart grid solutions based on load shedding and, and other sort of urgent challenges that emerged in the wake of Fukushima. And so I spent two years um, in Asia Pacific and in India selling software to utilities and really got the startup bug there, sort of seeing how an idea from two people could turn into this large, significant, critical infrastructure software platform that services utilities and enables them to bring on smart metering and and decarbonize their grid and and really use data as that foundation. After four years at eMeter, I decided to take a break and I met Don Lippert, who is the CEO of Elemental Accelerator, and was really inspired by this idea that a portfolio of climate tech solutions is like having many irons in the fire. So rather than just selling solar or a grid solution, which is one very specific knife, if you will, you have all of these tools in a portfolio that can address climate change and some will succeed and some will fail. And that's okay. That's the beauty of a portfolio approach is that is that you do have a lot of irons in the fire. Um, and so in my time, I ended up joining the Elemental Accelerator team in 2016. And together with Don, we and and the entire team there invested in about 100 companies. And the Elemental portfolio is 150 strong now, uh, which is astounding. In early 2020, we, we had received a lot of uh, sort of inbound requests from corporates and family offices and individuals to be LPs in the Elemental Fund of the of the 150 companies, somewhere around 23, 24 of them have exited. And so it's quite a, a substantial success rate there. And so folks were requesting, you know, can I be an LP in your fund? And as a nonprofit, it, it doesn't really work that way. Um, so we thought, you know, there's there is catalytic funding on the table here and people who want to support the climate movement as an LP. Um, so explored the idea of raising a fund and then and started raising it in, in 2020 timeframe. Um, so our intention was to raise 50 and uh, we just closed uh, around 94 million a couple weeks ago. Um, so really great support from the community and, and really feel that wind at our back. And we've made our first 15 investments. So let's go back to fall of 2021 when Earthshot Ventures launched with almost $60 million. How did that all come together? Well, we talk about it as like boulders and pebbles, like a rock wall, right? And so uh, we had some larger early supporters to join the fund as an LP and then many uh, sort of medium-sized and smaller checks. We wanted to make it approachable for folks to to join in as an LP as, uh, if, if they were interested. Um, so that's how it came together. A lot of individual conversations, talking to people who we have known for many years, having worked in the climate tech space for about 15 years now, and then also talking to new people, which was actually refreshing during the pandemic to meet new people and, and make new connections there. So our whole purpose was to bring more catalytic funding into the space, knowing that people who were you know, seasoned in climate would be interested and also people who had capital to deploy as an LP and were interested in climate and sort of aligned with the mission, but weren't interested in making investments directly. Because sometimes climate can be a little bit intimidating, mm-hmm. um, you know, evaluating two different hydrogen deals, what's the right one, what's not the right, right one, are none right. of them the right deal, right? And so um, there were quite a few LPs I, I spoke with who wanted to put their money to good work, but um, felt more comfortable if it was with a fund. And so we we really welcome those people with open arms and 
and the issue is is so major and there's so much economic growth that will happen in this sector that uh, we want to attract folks sort of uh, from every every stage here. Great. During the launch, you said the stars are aligning. We have the right ingredients. There is no better time than now to be a climate entrepreneur. Why? Yep. Why is now the time? Well, I think a number of reasons. Um, having lived through Clean Tech 1.0, there are just more people that are seasoned in this space and have experience deploying specific technologies, building relationships, understanding customers and their needs, and how to package climate tech solutions, how to sell. Because I spent eight years on the sort of business development and sales side, I think there's so much interesting stuff happening on on how to bring these solutions to market, how to price them, how to talk about them. So I think that the fact that we've sort of been through the first wave, much like the dot-com first wave, and then the second time it really took hold, I feel like there's a parallel here where there was Clean Tech 1.0, a lot of learnings, and then Climate Tech 2.0 is just bigger, more sophisticated, more dollars, more knowledge in the space. And then you combine that with people coming from traditional tech. So I, I have outreach from people from Facebook and Dropbox and Google and, you know, big, large industry incumbents that have experience building software and, and scaling technology globally and want to transition from those roles into climate. Um, and again, sort of embracing those people with open arms and finding roles for them in the sector, I think adds so much interest and uh, and complementary skill sets. And then lastly, there is more capital coming into this space than ever before. There are a lot of new funds that have been raised in the last two years. So there's dry powder on the table and a lot of investors looking for good opportunities. And so when I say this is the best time in history to build a climate tech company, I think it's because there are a lot of investors that are ready to support entrepreneurs, very experienced, and can understand sort of the chess game to get to scale. Yeah, I see there's a lot more support today about the acceptance of a climate change crisis. And, yeah. uh, you know, you see that with ESG, you know, and all of these things that are going on. Are you seeing the same thing? Definitely. I think it's it's finally on the agenda of every Fortune 500 board. And some of them are evaluated by how, you know, how they're achieving those targets. I think the same is true for diversity. It was, you know, studied for a long time. Are diverse teams more successful? And the answer is absolutely yes. So, so the value of addressing climate and also pursuing diversity in companies is, it seems like it's not debated anymore. It's, it's well understood and, and embraced. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely sort of a, a new chapter. I think that's big. Okay, Ramsey, hang on. We have to stop here, but coming up in the second part of my conversation with Ramsey Siegel from Earthshot Ventures, Ramsey will let us know how inflation is affecting climate-focused VC funds. There is still a lot of support and a lot of checks being written and a lot of money on the table for climate tech entrepreneurs and, and rounds are still competitive. The best opportunities are going quickly, whereas other other aspects of the economy and other aspects of, of venture capital specifically are slowing down a little bit. This has been Decarbonize the World with Frank Deline. To connect with Frank and to learn more about clean energy, reducing fossil fuels, and increasing profits, go to frankdeline.com. Decarbonize the World is a production of Advantage Audio.